Hello, and welcome to the Super Spreader Show Book Club with Trish and Susie. <laughs> what? Do your little. Oh, yeah. My bad. Chapter six. Oh, yes, read it. Which is entitled <laughs> HR 4079 and FEMA, which is the Federal Emergency Management Agency, a tool that can be used to establish a police state. And then there's a thing that says, patriots and tax protesters, you must never be found at home on any holiday. Your life depends on how well you can obey that rule. I will never be at home on any holiday ever again. <laughs> I, I'm listening to William Cooper. You're going to be like, why aren't you here? Have uh, you read the book? I'm not supposed to be here. I'm on the list. <laughs> yes. Um, so I'm not going to be at my house in uh, for Easter. I'm going to be in Las Vegas. Can you think of any <laughs> place to be more sacrilege for Easter than Vegas? <laughs> That's hilarious. You have a volleyball when, tournament. Oh, when is, when is the Easter? Association is the devil, I guess, and they don't celebrate Easter. When is? Um, it's like the end of March. Is it March 31st? Oh, it is yeah. March 31st. So we're going to be in Las Vegas. Well, you really... So if it happens then, ha ha, I won't be home. <laughs> I will try not to be home. <laughs> but he, I feel like he talks about Thanksgiving. I don't know why. Or is yeah, it that was him? the it other was a Thanksgiving. <clears throat> you think he thinks it would be on a holiday like Thanksgiving? Oh, that's people right. Are like We're eating and they're full and they're, yeah. they're taking naps. Yeah, it's pretty smart. Yeah, I mean it's a smart observation. Sorry, there's a helicopter. The sheriff. Oh my gosh, they're coming for us. It's a big one. Look at they're. They're angling. They have it right above us. <laughs> Chapter six. They're like, there they are. So one time Susie and I were texting and I don't even remember if it, we were texting about the book fairly a couple of chapters ago. And um, I was like, plot twist. William Cooper is Q. <laughs> Do we all remember Q? <laughs> um and I, like, honestly, I wouldn't even be surprised. William Cooper's alive, and he's cute. <laughs> um, so that's my theory. So, yeah. I don't know. I feel like it has to be someone like that. I haven't heard Q in a long time. Have you? No. Like, where did Q go? I don't know. I hope it comes back for the next for four this. years. I don't know, though. Wasn't Isn't that when it started? In, like, yeah. 2017 or whatever? Yeah. I was late to the party. So was I. I was after the fact. But I was, re you know, you can read things about it. Mm -hmm. um, and I didn't realize that he, that's what, he had a Q level clearance in Naval Intelligence. I'm telling you, William Cooper's Q. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if you just listened to our latest episode, we talked about um, the after party Bible study in quotations. And um, I was watching like a, a short interview with one of the three guys that's in charge. And they were in a press conference and, you know, they're trying to talk about MAGA Republicans and then they're like the QAnon. And I'm like, it's Q. It's, <laughs> yeah. And we are the Anons. It's not QAnon. I know. So that's yeah. so annoying. That's how you know they're anti everything that we believe in when we're QAnons. Yeah. They're just using <clears throat> left, leftist media talking points. Exactly. Terminology. So that's funny. But anyway, so are you ready to get into another yeah. terrifying chapter? <laughs> yeah. Super exciting. We know 
Jesus is our savior. God is in control. We know this, but I'm still like, I say I'm terrified, but not in the way where like I'm hiding, but no. it is eye opening. It's stretching my brain, which I really appreciate because I'm not really doing anything like <laughs> as in work because they say like, you should be doing word puzzles mm, to keep your brain search. sharp. Like, yeah, you need yeah. to keep your brain sharp. So I am really appreciating this because oh, my brain hurts after this. And yeah. and once again, I wanted just to, I wanted a, I have to refrain from highlighting the whole page because <laughs> that doesn't make sense. I know it's hard not to. <laughs> I highlighted a, a lot. Oh man, In, so on one FEMA. Again, I think I said it last book club. I think I started knowing FEMA was bad with Hurricane Katrina. Or you started hearing and things didn't make sense. I was super young. I, I don't even know what year that was. Like, I was not into politics mm -hmm. at all. I just knew we were Republicans and I grew up that way. And even though I was in the doing worldly things... I was still Republican, which is I'm so thankful for. I didn't change. Like I could have switched. Like that would have been my moment to switch. Yeah. And I never switched. But Katrina was, I don't even know how I was hearing bad things about what was going on down there. But I think they couldn't hide everything. Like the dead bodies everywhere. Like it was just a disastrous thing that. It was the seed maybe that was planted where mm. it was like, we're just going to let the seed sit there and just let you start questioning things. I don't know. Yeah. FEMA. FEMA equals bad. Done. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter six, done. It sounds weird. Okay. Yeah. So it starts with a transcript of an audio tape mm -hmm. with an urgent message to the people from William Cooper, who is the author of this mm -hmm. book. Um, and he's talking to a man named Richard Murray. And he says, I believe that William Cooper is the only man in America outside the secret government who truly knows what is happening and what it means to us, the average American citizens. So then the tape begins, and I started underlining my little heart out because I was like, what, 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 what? <laughs> so FEMA is a Federal Emergency Management Agency and I just started from the first paragraph, which you probably did too. <laughs> it's an interdepartmental unit, which is empowered in the event of a national security emergency to become the unelected national government, a sort of FEMA secret government. And the pretext for invoking those emergency measures can be anything from suspension of debt payments to the high bureaus of American countries to mass runs on U.S. commercial banks to food shortages to a drug war. I mean, I just, so I think the point is just, it can be pretty much enacted whenever they want. What page was that that you <laughs> just were the reading? Just the first, the 122. I was trying to follow along and I was like, where are you reading? <laughs> um, I highlighted any instability in the Middle East, anything yes. in fact. And we are, in fact, Again, having in the issues East. there. Yeah, as we speak. Yep. 
I think we say this every chapter, but I mean, it's just so, it's, it's so fascinating to me to read this book right now yes. and just to see things unfolding that he's talking about in 1991. Yep. Um, it says in the next paragraph, they've already tested their capabilities in 1984 with Rex-84A. It was designed to test the readiness of the U.S. civilian and military agencies to respond to a serious national security crisis. And he refers to Executive Order 11051, which details responsibilities of the Office of Emergency Planning, or FEMA. And it gives authorization to put all executive orders into effect in times of national emergency declared by the president. And I don't think like that term would be mean so much to me, except that we just heard it over and over and mm -hmm. over again during COVID. So you're yeah. like, they clearly use it. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And then how he says, no... It covers every conceivable domestic crisis, but does not even mention war or nuclear attack, which you would think that would be what it would be for. So I have the that last part of page 122 highlighted. Now, the only thing that has to happen for FEMA to be able to implement all the executive orders, emergency executive orders, is for the president to declare a national emergency of any type. As long as it's, it's a national emergency. Yeah. COVID. Mm-hmm. All, I mean, think about, so he lists like all these um, executive orders, several of them, maybe like 10 of them. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of starred that part because I'm not going to read all of them, but like just read looking at them, it's like they can take over food supplies, like provides a takeover of food resources. And what, do you remember what we said, what I said not that long ago about my friend, her, her husband works at Ralph's distribution. And during COVID when they had shortages at the grocery store, yep. he would say, I don't understand because we have a warehouse full of food. Yep. So I think right there was probably one that enacted. Um, one that um, really stands out to me is Postmaster General. Mm -hmm. to operate a national registration oh, yeah. of all persons. And I, <laughs> that's the post office, right? <clears throat> mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, our carrier, Harold, <laughs> he's ex-military. I, I, I don't remember where he was, but um, he hates the government. He hates the post office. He, <laughs> like, he works for it. He has, well, he said how bad, like. Oh, he doesn't hate his he's, job. He's but old. He, okay. Well, he hates his job now because right. oh, how of it's, what it's become. What it's become oh, and sad. how bad it is. Mm -hmm. I can't, it's so bad. I can't even start a conversation with him <laughs> because really. no. He will never leave. Oh. And it's fascinating, but if I don't have the time or energy, yeah. I can't even go there. So I'm like, hi, thanks, bye. You know, um, he has interesting stories about like the pallets of cash mm. and jewels that were flown to by Obama. Mm. Who did he send all that money? Middle East or? Mm -hmm. It was in the Middle East. Uh -huh. Oh no, he has crazy stories. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> but yeah, it basically, all these executive orders basically allow takeover of insert it mm -hmm. food or yeah. power mm -hmm. or um, 
education, you yeah. know, and I just, I felt like we got a real good taste of it yeah. during COVID. Yeah. If you, they shut the schools down. Remember. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I started underlining. Now all of these were combined under Nixon into one huge executive order, which allows all of this to take place. If the president declares a national emergency and it can be implemented by the head of FEMA, not by the president. And that's in bold letters. That's scary. That's scary information. Yeah. So it's Executive Order 11490. And I think I looked it up. That's probably the one I looked up. Um, just, you know, because I'm like, when he's writing this, you know. Yeah. And so there's a website, American Presidency Project. It actually, actually, it's from ucsb.edu. Mm. Um, Executive Order 11490, assigning emergency preparedness. I didn't say that word right. <laughs> Emergency preparedness functions to federal departments and agencies, uh, October 28, 1969. Whereas our national security is dependent upon our ability to assure continuity of government at every level in any national emergency type situation that might conceivably confront the nation. And whereas, so it's a, it's the whole executive order uh, from Nixon. And so, yeah, he's not making it up. And it's got all the department scope. Uh, I mean, sorry, Department of State, Department of Treasury, Department of Defense, Department of Justice. It's a, it's a, you know, um, what is it called? Thorough. I don't know. I'll, I can link it in the show notes if you want to some, some, how read through it all. It's long. Um, but yeah, it's not a made up thing. So. <laughs> I'm speechless. Oh, and then he I goes, okay. And then, oh. and then, so that was one, one, four, nine, zero. And then the next one I had underlined. So if HR, 4079 is passed, whether it's for one year, five years, five minutes, or forever, it does not make any difference. FEMA can then implement all these executive orders, take over all local, state, and national government, suspend the Constitution, and do whatever they want to do. And I cannot remember where I read that, but there's somewhere where it says they don't have any plan to re, to not, to unsuspend it. The one we're under right now? Or well, just in the book, like, I feel like he, oh yeah, you know, there's a part where he talks about, I don't know if it's in this chapter or previous chapter, but it's basically, you know, they, they have these, um, this thing to, where they can suspend the constitution, but they don't have anything to unsuspend it or, you know, which, tell, which should alarm everybody. Yeah. If they ever suspend the constitution, that's, it's never coming back. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if I. I'm going to read something later on, but I don't want to forget to say this, but mm-hmm. I think it was after actually reading that part as I thought with this whole border thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we talk about that. They're letting these people, all these people in for votes, which I also agree with, but I, but after reading this, I also think there's a larger, much more sinister agenda behind it because if you can let a bunch of people in and they create chaos and things just go haywire, then you can declare a national emergency and unlike COVID where it was a disease and yeah, you can see the effects if people are dying, so to speak of it or, but it just, it's like if, but if you're seeing stuff like play out in front of your face with people that are creating a national emergency, so to speak, then that to me would be much more um, plausible or believable than even COVID was for people to be like, Oh my gosh. Okay. Do whatever you got to do. Take Mm -hmm. away my rights. If you have, you know, So I just, I just, it occurred to me when I read that because we're basically reading this as the border is just being like destroyed 
Um, so I just, I feel like maybe that's yeah. their end game really is to create a national emergency from this. So they can just suspend everything. It was their um, 2020 COVID pandemic, whatever you want to call it. I think it was their true test. Because I always think like they literally, they could have done it. I think they could have. Like in that first month. Yeah. On how we all reacted. I think maybe we caught them off guard. Like they weren't ready. <laughs> like <laughs> They're like, wait, wait, it's happening way too fast. Yeah. We're not ready. They are all on board. <laughs> They're on board. These <laughs> freaking idiots are all scared in their homes. I was one. If they, if they would have done it the end of March. Oh, yeah. Beginning of April. I think they could have done it. We were, uh, we were all like that shell shock. I think, I don't know. That's just my opinion. Yeah. I think they could have. But I think it was their test run and they weren't ready. <laughs> now they're like, whoa. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're probably laughing. Do you ever just think they're just laughing? Because 2020, February 2020, Super Bowl, it was Kansas City Chiefs versus 49ers. And then COVID, you know, it was the talk of COVID and something's out there. It was an election year. I think there's so many different points, but we'll just stick with that. Now we're 2024 election year and Kansas City Chiefs and 49ers are back in the Super Bowl together. And I'm just thinking like, (laughs) (laughs) we are so stupid. Yeah. And now Disease X is on the table and they had a whole round table about it again. And... Uh, we'll see. I mean, are we going to shut down again? I don't know. Do you think if, if we shut down, I'm out, I'm out. Like I'm, yeah. Oh no. I I told my people that too. Like, I'm just, I'm done. I already have my spot picked out. You have your (laughs) spot? Going in a couple weeks. (laughs) I'm Um, I'm out. Somebody sent me something. I have to read it really fast. I just hope my um, volume wasn't on. It says, is this deja vu? The last time the 49ers played the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, Trump and Biden were running for president, and it was a leap year. If March 13th happens again, I'm out of here. Oh, so it's, yeah, it's another leap year. It's Biden versus Trump. Like, it's all, it's (laughs) like deja vu. Yeah, that is kind of crazy. Sorry. Okay, go back. Um, Back to the book. So then... I'm on the next page now, 124. Did you underline anything else? At okay. the bottom. of Oh, not of the previous page. No, no, no. Okay. So I, I have um, about the National Guard. They get into the National Guard. The primary effectiveness of the National Guard is in controlling mass civil disorders. On March 24th, which was back in 91, President Bush issued a new executive order, dele- uh, which basically delegates to the FEMA director direct responsibility for a large number of items which were earlier only the president's prerogative. And that includes responsibility for general federal assistance, emergency assistance, hazard mitigation, individual and family grant programs. Um, and that's the key. All other federal federal agencies will come under FEMA. And this is this, I think the whole point is this is unelected people. Yeah. Which, I mean, at this point, our elected officials aren't <laughs> even doing their job. So what's the dang difference? But, I mean, still. And they're not even elected. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> I put the brains behind this contingency plan for a police state. We're in the we're the members of the Council on Foreign Relations and the Trilateral Commission, both of which Bush is a member. I would definitely do your research on those two groups, Council on mm-hmm. Foreign Relations and Trilateral Commission. Um, Brent Scowcroft, Scowcroft, National Security Advisor, who was a member of FEMA's advisory board. He's a member of the Trilateral Commission and also a business partner with of Henry Kissinger, who has been a traitor to this country for many, many years <laughs> and who just died last year, I think. <laughs> Uh, I have professor, professor Samuel P. Huntington in 1978 drafted um, for Jimmy Carter. I didn't underline that part, but he's a Harvard professor. I I highlighted that. Mm-hmm. He wrote the seminal piece for the Trilateral Commission in the mid-1970s, recommending that democracy and economic development be discarded as outdated ideas. He wrote and co-authored the book Crisis in Democracy. Um, there are basically saying there are potential desirable limits to economic growth. Um, there are also potential, potentially desirable limits to the indefinite extension of political democracy. A government which lacks authority will have little ability short of cataclysmic crisis to impose on its people the sacrifices which may be necessary. I had that. Underlined. That's freaking crazy. I think the most, I, <clears throat> I underlined the top one where he's a Har- Harvard professor because I'm like, of mm. course. Yeah, of course he is. Um, all of his ideas were written into NSDD 47 by President Reagan um, in 1982 and that laid the groundwork for the secret government's options to institute a police state and the preparedness measures that that are or may be impeded by legal constraints be identified in the priority task that lays the groundwork for the suspension of the constitution is where it eventually leads to and those are in all caps <laughs> yep so i just think you know this is kind of the theme of the chapter is the ways they're the way they're used they, they can use fema to suspend our constitution did you have anything else underlined on 125 yeah i have this has nothing to do with the right wing left wing or any other damn thing this has to do with the illuminati taking over this country and joining in the new world order so Jasmine was talking to me about, she's in world history right now, and she was talking about Hitler. They're learning about Hitler, and she's like, Mom, it's reminding me of your book, because, you know, Hitler's talking about making the new the new order. He calls it, like, either mm-hmm. new world or new world order, and I was like, I mean, they're all cut from the same cloth. So, yeah, that should alarm you, and it is probably connected mm-hmm. to the new world order. That's all I have for 125. I also was looking up um, clips of William Cooper on his, on this Instagram we follow. That has like clips of him when he was alive, Ooh. and he used to, he has a radio show, um, the Hour of Time or something like that, and I think you can go back and listen to clips from that or episodes. They have some sort of ar- archive about it. But I I feel like one of the things I was recently that I heard is he was talking about how you know they they talk about United the United States and when the United States was re- was formed, it, they re- always referred to it as it's the new world. Oh yeah, They're creating they- a new <gasps> world. Because he's very uh, suspicious of why our country was formed in the first place. You know, because obviously we're all taught a certain mm-hmm. reason for why, right? You know, that we want to be free from England and we want to um, have our own, you know, constitutional republic and, you know, all that stuff. But 
it was an interesting clip to come across <laughs> and what he was saying about how he thinks our country was formed or why it was formed. Hmm. And I mean, just I, I still just can't get over the fact that we're only 250 years old. <laughs> and we're pretty much, you know, if you're look if you look at the direction we're going and like the spiral, how quickly it seems to be, mm. I don't think we're going to last. And it's like, there's countries that have been around for mm. centuries um, and centuries, you know, God made. So like they call <laughs> us the great experiment. Mm. And I just don't think, I just think that man is too evil, inherently evil and too prideful and too, um, what is it called? Like they want everything. And I don't think a country like ours can last very long because at some point it just becomes money at, you know, everything when that verse in the Bible that money is the root of all kinds of evil. I think, I just feel like, you know, all, all, all kinds of evil wants to make money at the end of the mm -hmm. day. And it's just, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I would hope, right. I would have hope that our country could push through and come out the other end the way that we're taught that our country is intended to exist for. But at the same time, I just don't think that man's, you know, if we don't turn things around from a moral standpoint, mm -hmm. I don't think we're going to last much longer because it's just too much. There's too much power that people want and their willingness to do it at all costs and sacrifice, you know, the good of humanity for whatever their agenda is. I just, I don't know. It never really hit me that way until reading through this chapter. What IG account was that? that I think it's called like Truth Punch or something like that. Okay. And they have all these clips of him. So if you ever want to hear his voice mm -hmm. or get I a do. sense of what he's like, mm -hmm. you can watch clips of him talking back in the, you know, 80s and 90s. Um, the last thing I have... <laughs> Like, I want to be friends. <laughs> I know, right? I don't know who runs the site, but I don't know if it's, like, a family member or I don't know. Um, or him. <laughs> he talks about I'm telling you he's alive. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I forget. Um, he goes into HR 4079, but I did not underline much at the beginning. But in the last part of the chapter, before he gets into the, the letter, is... um. The diversions used are terrible if allowed to sneak through. One is a clause that would eliminate the Fourth Amendment. Then it would eliminate the Eighth, eliminate the eighth Amendment, um, which would cause heated argument over these two provisions, result, resulting in some sort of compromise while on the declaration of a five-year state of national emergency to sail right through Congress. So um, he said, if that happens, it's goodbye, USA, and hello, New World Order. And then he, uh, he wants you to call your congressman and sis that they deliver a copy of that HR 4079. Um, but I just, yeah, we have to like research it because mm -hmm. I was like, is it even, did it pass or? Because when you look it up on like Google, um, they rename bills and, and H house resolutions or whatever they say, house of representative bills or whatever these are. So it's like something else now, you know. That's what he says right here. What does he say? 
added before press time. HR 4079 oh, may passed. have been secretly passed just as SB 2834 mm, was passed. Right. And HR 4079 may be public law 101-647 signed into law by President Bush on November 29, 1990. If this has occurred, then we are already subject to a FEMA takeover. I'm attempting to acquire a copy of PL 101-647. This late breaking news was furnished by con- con- congressional, congressional <laughs> staff member and has not been verified as of January 8th, 1991. Mm. And he died. Yeah. I wonder why. If you're just joining us now... <laughs> <laughs> Good luck. This is your first episode. <laughs> uh, William Cooper was um, gave this interesting uh, take on 9/11. In I would say I think it was like oh, was it night? It was it was it was during 2001. Earlier because that that wasn't until September, right? So yes. they have him. It was like recorded. June. Yeah, I want to say June. Then September 11 happens, and if you scroll down that into that Truth Punch account, they actually have him. He was doing the radio the day of September 11 and was, like, talking about it, talking about stuff. So I heard, like, a small clip of it, and then he was unalived <laughs> in November of 2001, shortly after September 11, 2001, yep. which I just find really interesting. It just makes everything true for me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh, I cannot wait. I'm doing nothing else but watching that <laughs> IG account. I know, right? <laughs> and so, do we want to get into this part? We have about 10 minutes. because So, we have 10 minutes. The next part of Chapter 6 is um, a report that was um, photographed and printed exactly as written. So, like, the fonts are different and everything. Um but it was based, so it's a report by Dr. Past. I think, I, I think don't know. So. Yeah. Concerning FEMA and concentration camps in the United States. Um, and so it's his report. And it's interesting because he underlines, I mean, I underline some things, but there's also a lot of stuff that's already underlined. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was William Cooper who underlined it or the guy who wrote it. I don't think he, I think it's just as is. Like it's. Oh, like it's it's just, he wants you to really pay attention. Right. The doctor. The doctor. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I don't think William Cooper did anything on this report because it's like, what did he say? Uh, What do you mean? Exactly as written. Oh, yeah. Printed exactly as Mm -hmm. written. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's like little notes too. Yeah. Out of service. So it starts with a national emergency, total takeover. I mean, I didn't really underline anything on the first page, but he did. Um, it's basically do away with the United States as we know it. Well, I put yes, WTH. Um, now, the, these this is just a story about um, the Nazi regime. Mm-hmm. So I just want to put that out there. But I was like, what the heck? I've never heard this story. Yeah. So I'll just read it exactly as it's printed. You have no doubt heard... The story. You have no doubt heard the story. Mm-hmm. Okay. Once upon a time, under the Nazi regime in Germany, a man worked on an assembly line in a baby carriage factory. His wife was going to have a baby, but the Nazi government would not let anyone buy a baby carriage. 
The man decided he would secretly collect one part from each department and assemble the carriage himself. When this was done, he and his wife gathered up the pieces and assembled it. When they were finished, they did not have a baby carriage. They had a machine gun. (laughs) That's crazy. (laughs) What? And then the other other thing, again, it's all Rockefeller. Just like uh, Mm -hmm. your Bible study or our quote unquote Bible study. Um, It says the presiding officer of such an event would have been Nelson Rockefeller. Mm -hmm. So they kind of just talk about um, the center. What center? Okay. And this is exactly the situation that I'm going to present to you at this time. The Center for the Study of Democratic Institutions recently completed a proposed constitution for the quote unquote mm. new states of America, end quote. The, cent- the center is Rockefeller funded. To give you an indication of the type of constitution proposed, the term national emergency is mentioned a hundred and 34 times the document did not have a bill of rights and the right to own arms was taken away at the same time house concurrent resolution number 28 awaited for calling a constitutional convention on or before july 4th 1976 the presiding officer of such an event would be nelson rockefeller rockefeller that reminds me. Have you seen? I don't know if I should talk about this in this or not, but I feel like it kind of go could relate. Go for it. Um, I mean, we're not going to finish chapter six anyway, so just okay. go. Did go for you it. see that thing from Mike Yoder? No. Um, he's a constitutional lawyer. Mm-hmm. Okay, let me find it real quick on Instagram. I was listening to. He has a podcast, and it kind of. He didn't do it for a while. Um, he didn't do it for a while. He got married last year. I don't know. But then it just kind of came up again in my mm-hmm. iPod, okay. iPad, uh, my podcast app. So I listened to the latest one, and he's talking to this um, military um, veteran who was um, who he's helping to sue the government because of the vax, right? He um, so he was had him on an interview, and he said something during the interview that like was like what? And then he that he has a clip of it that he just posted recently. The Constitution can be amended without Congress, in case you didn't know. Article 5 of the Constitution provides two ways to propose and amend the Constitution. One is through Congress, but two is Convention of the States. Is that what they just said over here? When they said um, a constitutional convention, or is that something different? Maybe that's something different. I don't know. But... um, And that is exactly the situation that I'm going to present to you at this time. The center of the city, Democratic Institutions, a proposed constitution for the new states of America. What word did you say? Oh, so then in the next, when he, a little bit farther down, um, House Concurrent Resolution Number 28. Oh, yeah. Awaited for calling a constitutional convention. And what did... Oh, this is called... um, Convention of the States, but I don't know, but I'll just keep reading it because I think it's interesting. And yeah. I mean, this might be our way. And he's and his whole point is, I don't think most people, Americans even know. We don't. Like, you need to know your constitutional rights and how you can actually, how much power you actually have. 
He said, here's how the second option works. Step one, 34 states agree to and call the convention. 19 states have passed legislation. 16 are actively considering leg- legislation. Six pa- and six passed legislation in one chamber, but not the other. Assuming we get to 34, Congress shall call the convention. They don't have a choice. Step two, each state sends a delegate to vote on proposed amendments. A simple majority, which is 26 votes, is all that's needed for a proposed amendment to pass. Step three, past past proposals are sent to be ratified. This requires 38 states to vote in favor of the amendment. But if 38 want the amendment, it passes and the federal government has no power to stop it. I'm not saying this is a slam dunk or that it's easy to do, but the option does exist. And frankly, I don't think anyone even knows about it. And this is exhibit A as to why the Constitution is so important to know, understand, and above all else, defend. Without it, we have no rights, and the only two options left are abject tyranny or war. <laughs> well, hot dog, why why did they not teach us right in school? Why? Oh my god. <laughs> you I'm looking for something because this just triggered something else from oh my gosh. <sighs> And it's so, oh my gosh, it makes me so mad. I I just, we're not taught. Mm-mm. We have to be good citizens, good compliant citizens. Someone who had a um, meme or whatever, the other, oh, cat turd. <laughs> I haven't heard them in a I long know. time. Someone's all, the left has Taylor Swift, but what we have is cat turd. <laughs> That's funny. But he said something like, um, if the government shut down for the rest of the year, I don't even think anything would matter. Like, basically, I think us citizens are, you know, can function Mm -hmm. as a society without even without even our government Mm -hmm. at this point. What are they even doing? They're just spending our money and sending it places. But they're not. I mean, we are the ones that can better our societies, you know, and treat each other, you know, do contribute to each other's well-beings, you know, the different um gifts we have and the different types of work we do and you know our our world goes round and it's like you have you have our government who's just like give me all your money and then i'm just gonna send it wherever i want and you can't do anything about it which we actually probably could but we're not taught that way you know we're taught to just trust our government and they know what's best and you know they can tax us into oblivion and send the money to other countries not even our own people you know that to get benefits out of it yeah. I'm so mad because. So you saw something that has to do with that? About the education mm-hmm. and who took it over. Oh, like what wealthy? Mm-hmm. Rothschilds? I don't know. <laughs> I want to say it was the Rothschilds. I mean, it could have been. Who knows? There's the Vander uh, Vanderbilts, the Rockefellers, Soros. I mean, that's kind of the new new next generation, I guess. But I mean, that guy's pretty old, so. I don't know. Um, I'm going to find it. I am so determined right now because... Carnegie's. I mean, there's a bunch of them. I want to say it's a Rothschild. Yeah, it could be. Go ahead. No, yeah, we're definitely taught to be workers, not uh, leaders, I would say, in school these days. Or even any of us, really. Um, So... Yeah, it goes on and they they mention, however, in this case, the American people do not voluntarily adopt a new constitution less troublesome to those who desire dictatorship. There is Executive Order 11490, which I just referred to in earlier that comes up earlier in this chapter. Mm-hmm. 
which will include its predecessors when it is um, cited herein. Um, they ex authorize the secretaries of the various agencies to prepare for any national emergency type situation, including but not limited, limited to those specified in the executive order itself. If you read the order, there is nothing at all left to the imagination. For any conceivable, for any conceivable pretense, a national emergency may be declared based upon the frightening decree dated October 1969. Um, I had started underlining about, oh, okay, this is when they re refer to the agency or the government department, L-E-A-A, -L yeah. which stands for Law Enforcement Assistance Administration and H-E-W, Health, Education, and Welfare. Um, and I had underlined the part where he says, uh, terrorist groups were being financed by the federal government. If they, the terrorist groups actually begin insurgent activities, Executive Order 11490 would be activated. And that just kind of reminds me of Antifa. Mm -hmm. I think of like the mass chaos that happened in our own country um, and what people were willing to give up or allow um, to control it or how they just kind of let it run, run rampant and just divide and destroy communities and people. Um, so I don't know what, and now we have all these sleeper cells apparently from <laughs> coming across the border. No doubt. So we can like get into implementing the new government if you want. And then mm -hmm. we would have to okay. stop there before controlling the masses. Okay. Um, I have something for the last paragraph. Do you have anything before? I didn't really underline anything in this section. I think I was reading it late at night and I was probably just like, <laughs> just scared. I don't know. Like <laughs> overwhelmed. And I'm like, I just. For sure. Um, implementing the new government. I'm just going to. Oh, this is where. Okay. I'm just going to read. Um, in order. If order were implemented, the post office department would be responsible for the national registration. The state department would be responsible for the protection of the United States personnel or property and prevention of escape from the United States. The department of defense would be responsible for the expropriation <laughs> of industry <laughs> direction of service and national production system. Control of censorship and communication of non-industrial facilities. The Commerce Department would be responsible for expropriation selection and the international distribution of commodities, which would be the actual looting of the United States. <laughs> Census, That's probably what I thought of Antifa. <laughs> yeah. Census information and human resources. Now this next paragraph frightened me. The Treasury Department would be responsible for collection of cash and non-cash items and the recreation of evidence of assets and liabilities. The Justice Department would have concurrent responsibility with the Department of State for prevention of escape from the United States, for replenishing the stockpile of narcotics, for a national police force, for correctional and... <laughs> Why was I going to say... Oh my God, I was going to say... Another word. <laughs> oh my God, now I can't say it. I just messed up. I don't even, 
penal institutions. What even is penal institutions? Like penal code? I don't, institutions? I've heard the term penal code. But, but what's institution? I don't, I don't okay. Know. For mass feeding and housing of prisoners and for use of prisoners to augment manpower, which would be slave labor. Movie reference time. Anyone, what movie had all this going on? Hunger Games, going into districts. Okay, now we are on page 130. Yeah, I don't have have anything. I don't have anything either. No. Um, I mean, there's a lot. He underlines a lot in the top, but like Mm -hmm. I have uh, the section on 131. Okay, go ahead. Where it talks about um, the training they. They, they bring up, mm-hmm. like, uh, military police. There's two specific agencies that we need to, to look at. This is on, actually, 130. To keep in mind, they are the HEW and Justice Department. As those two agencies are related to the par- Department of Defense, the very various military departments are part of the Department of Defense. And so he kind of talks about, goes in that direction. And then a few paragraphs later on 131, I kind of, uh, I just did the bracket for the whole paragraph. Mm-hmm. The training spoken... Uh, for the California, because I, California, that's mm-hmm. why I'm like, red, you know, my antennas go up. The training spoken of for the California National Guard covers such subjects as dealing with individual civil, civilian civil population, detention procedures, citizens' rights, and similar matters. And you know as well as I do that when there is martial law or, mar- or martial rule, citizens have no rights because the Constitution is preempted. Even the uniforms of the National Guards who participate in this program are different from the regular uniforms. Army spokesmen will not reveal more about the uniforms, but the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department paramilitary units who have received this training also have army fatigues dyed black for their uniforms. And I mean, I've heard those terms of paramilitary troops and I don't know. It just kind of was like giving me just weird vibes, you know, like, you know, we assume the agencies that police us. Mm hmm are there for the good of of the society and I don't I'm not doubt, I don't I'm not saying that cuz I doubt that but I just wonder what other training are they not allowed to talk about <laughs> or you know the rogue or the you know the people that they kind of maybe um I mm-hmm. in a unit of yep that maybe they you know take aside and train them for other things i don't know i don't know either there's we didn't even get halfway through chapter six <laughs> no and my time is up yeah so we Ooh, will continue man the, ne- the next you said the next text section controlling the masses <laughs> is where we will pick up good lord but it's it's our book club and yeah. we will do yeah. what we want to do all right this has been another episode of the Super Spreader Show Book Club. <laughs> Just kidding. No, I was trying to I be professional. Yeah. <laughs> I was is. like, what is my voice? I don't going even to remember like? what we how we ended. I don't know either. It's our show. We can yeah. do what we want. You've been listening to the Super Spreader Show with Trish. And Susie. Find us on our website, <laughs> yeah. superspreadershow.com. <laughs> and we have links to buy the book. Yeah. Behold a pale horse. Yeah. I don't think we said the title of it. Oh, yeah. That's right. (laughs) So we should probably always do that at the beginning. Oops. Our bad. We'll do it next time. Maybe. (laughs) Bye. Bye.